0: You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too.
1: The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT and T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT and T Fiber. Live like a gazillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com/hypergig for details.
0: your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candice Gibson, joined today, as usual, by staff writer Josh Clark.
1: Hey, Candace.
2: Hey, Josh.
1: Candace, who are you going to vote for? I'm kidding <laughs> I, I wouldn't really ask you that, although I did hear recently that um there were some Hillary uh supporters who said that they intended to vote for Hillary in the general election. Have you heard about that?
2: um no, I heard there were some Hillary supporters who were going to vote for McCain
1: uh and, and some, some for who Obama. for who will vote for Obama too sure, uh, but there are some who plan on voting for Hillary, and of course you you say. Why would you do that? That's a waste of a vote, right?
2: Sort of like a vote for someone like Bob Barr, someone who's not one of the two major parties.
1: Right, or Ross Perot, who I heard was considering throwing his hat in the ring. Why not? Uh Well, that's that's a great question. I mean, is it a wasted vote? Um, I've spoken to my wife about this. Uh, she's voted third party before, and I'm like, wow, you really wasted your vote, didn't you? And I think her response was something along the lines of, how is it wasting a vote when I'm voting for the person I want to vote for, rather than voting for someone I don't really like to defeat someone I like even less. You know, a vote's a personal, it's a personal thing. It's not to be used strategically. So I see that, and you know, I, I, my hat is off to the Hillary supporters who are going to vote for Hillary no matter what. You know, I, I, they're going to have to write her in. Um, but it kind of brings up this question of, you know, just how much does a vote count? Like, you know, there's been several instances in the history of the U.S. where uh, people have voted for one of the two major candidates and, you know, one of them gets the most votes but still doesn't win the presidency. Uh, you were around in 2000, right? Yes. Okay.
2: I was just a baby, but I was here.
1: Have you? Do you know much about the 2000 election?
2: Yeah, I I do, actually. It all boils down to the fact that Gore won the popular vote.
1: Mm -hmm. and By like uh, half a million votes, Mm -hmm. which is pretty close because there's like a 100 million votes cast that year.
2: And then Bush went on to win the vote from the Electoral College. Yeah. And it's funny because predictions said the exact opposite would happen, that Bush would win the popular vote and Gore would get the votes from the Electoral College.
1: Yeah, because this was back before, you know, Gore was – uh, the environmentalist that he is or at least as well known as the environmentalist that he is and I remember him being looked upon as fairly stiff uh, there's this great Simpsons episode where uh, Lisa Simpson buys one of his books and the information that his book's been purchased is transmitted to the White House and somebody comes running in and goes Mr. Vice President, someone actually bought your book And he goes, well, this calls for a celebration. And he turns around and puts the needle on a record player and it's cool and the gang celebrate good times. And he goes, I will. So he's kind of a stuffed <laughs> shirt. So I'm surprised I, I he I got the popular the vote, I like the gore too.
2: of yore. I liked him better. He was sort of a solid wall of man. And now yeah. he's very He's He's gotten kind of
1: granoli.
2: Yeah. And he's, I don't know, got a little softer.
1: Well, you know, that, that 2000 election was de- determined by two lawsuits that were filed in Florida. Florida was the point of contention for the whole thing. Gore wanted a recount of the uh, popular vote. And uh, Bush um, didn't want one. So they sued one another uh, and sued the state of Florida because you remember this whole box of votes went missing from the uh, polling station to the counting station, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a bunch of contention and everything. Finally, the U.S. Supreme Court said, no, Florida, you can't extend the the deadline for the the votes to be counted, which meant that a recount wasn't possible. And, you know, by proxy – Uh, Bush won the state and the election, which kind of leads me to my question. Is it fact or fiction that my vote, your vote, anyone's vote doesn't really count?
2: That's a really tough question. And thank you. I can't be miss history today. I think that that's really an ideological debate and. But I will be Miss History so for, we, for a few minutes, actually. I can't say whether it's fact You won't even or give fiction. us a faction? I'll, I'll say it's faction. Okay. There you have it. It's faction. Thank you. Um, It all boils down to the actual creation of the Electoral College. And it wasn't something that we made up willy-nilly. The framers of the Constitution put the Electoral College in place. And it was sort of a compromise between essentially Congress deciding the next president of the United States or a popular vote choosing the next president of the United States. And you have to, you know, sort of put the Electoral College in context and think about the United States as a nascent nation. And essentially, the opinion among the framers of the Constitution was that people in general were not – educated, and informed enough back mm. then to... This is definitely
1: before Al Gore invented the Internet.
2: Precisely. To really make a good choice, a good, sound, informed choice for the president. There wasn't this widespread dissemination of information. You know, today you can go on the Internet, uh, copyright Al Gore, you can pick up a newspaper, you can download a podcast. There are so many ways you can find out, you know, what's really going on with the candidates. But back then they thought... People, you know, far flung across the coast wouldn't really know.
1: So I can see this kind of uh, necessary elitism, right, back then.
2: Well, I, I think that's a charged word. Maybe, sure. I don't know if I would say elitism. I would say, I mean, they were doing this as the founding fathers. Sure. They were doing it as a fatherly gesture. And you would have to ask yourself, is that still important today? Is that, well, that still relevant? That or the is
1: second th- part of my question. Right. Is it,
2: is it anachronistic? I don't know. Again, I think that's a personal choice. I mean, do you honestly believe that everyone out there voting is making an informed choice, or do you think people are saying, "Well, I like Sarah Palin's hair," or mm, "I think that Barack Obama's kids are cuter"?
1: Yeah, no, and it, it does seem them. like, especially in the circus that the 2008 uh, elections become, uh, it does it does strike me that people are making kind of shallow judgments about candidates rather than on the issues. And I think a lot of that is coming from the candidates themselves. No one's willing to discuss the issues. Um, I was watching the Daily Show last night and they had a generic off on the topic of the economy and they wanted to see who could be more generic. And, uh, actually, I think it was a three-way tie between Obama, McCain, and Biden. And, uh, Sarah Palin actually came out sounding, you know, the most specific So, um, I don't think anyone's really discussing the issue. So, how can a a public be informed about where a candidate stands on the issues if no one's discussing them? At the same time, though, this electoral college that you're talking about, who, who's, who comprises that? How does that work?
2: It's made up of electors. And essentially, each state has a number of electors that are equal to the number of representatives in the House and then the number of senators. So okay, so our senators state plus has, the representatives
1: every state has two senators, mm-hmm. and then say a state had five representatives, they'd have seven electoral votes?
2: Right. Okay. Which means that it's a weighted system. If you're a state that has a greater population, you're going to have more say, you know, as far as the electoral college vote goes. Okay. So that's why when candidates are out stumping, you hear them, you know, trying to win a state like Ohio or, you know, it being really important for them to get the public riled up in California. These Swing are
1: th- states. Right. These I are the states so. that
2: have the most say. Okay. Which could be fair or unfair depending on where you live. I mean, if you're a California. And you may feel that you're more represented. But if you live in a state with a very small number of electoral votes, Mm -hmm. you may feel that your vote really doesn't count. But it boils down to two different types of electoral votes. And the most popular one is called the winner-take-all system. And 48 states use this. And essentially, when you vote in these states, you're casting a vote for the electors. And then the electors, in turn, cast their vote for the president.
1: Okay, so does I that mean, make sense? It, it does because then you know you you've you've cast a vote for say the the Republican and you're actually voting for the elector, right?
2: To vote for the Republican candidate,
1: right? Okay, so uh, if enough people elect the Republican, then that Republican elector goes to vote and. So it follows the popular vote, right?
2: Most of the time. Well, how,
1: how? when does it not?
2: When you have what's called a faithless elector, and this is when the elector casts a vote that's different from the popular vote. And most electors won't do this, and there are some states that actually have fines imposed to electors who do. I think North Carolina imposes like a $10,000 fine. But this is a state law, and it wouldn't hold water against the constitutional law, which sure. says you can't do that. So, again, I mean, if, elector, if an elector wants to be taken seriously and he or she is elected by the state party, they're mm-hmm. probably going to stay true to that particular party line.
1: But they could conceivably betray the vote of the people who cast the popular ballots. Yes. I got gotcha. you.
2: Now, the other system that's used, and just Maine and Nebraska, is called the district system. And this one is like the popular vote. The elector follows the popular vote. Okay. So that one's a little bit more closely aligned.
1: I understand. I understand. So uh, I know 2000 wasn't the only election, there were three others, as far as I understand, right?
2: Mm-hmm. That was John Quincy Adams in 1824, right? Rutherford B. Hayes in 1876, and Benjamin Harrison in 1888, all of whom were eventually elected by the Electoral College instead of the popular right. vote. And, you know, it's funny because today, a lot of those presidents, maybe with the exception of Adams, are sort of not inconsequential, because I wouldn't say any of our presidents has been inconsequential. Everyone's done something to either get people riled up or pacify them sure. or please them. But off the top of my head, you know, I, I can't name any great success that is success is associated with those administrations so i don't know who who knows what would have happened if the popular voted won maybe the the tides would have turned in some way for our nation
1: maybe so maybe so that may have happened uh, very recently too you never know and i mean what happens when there's a majority as well i mean it, or what, what happens when there's a tie in the electoral college i should say i mean there has to be a tiebreaker right
2: Yes. Well, sort of. Then the vote goes to the House of Representatives, and that is sanctioned by the 12th Amendment of the Constitution. And there have been two elections in history that have resorted to this. And that was when Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr squared off in 1801. Mm -hmm. Victory went to Tiege. Yeah. And then in 1825 when John Quincy Adams competed against Andrew Jackson and it went to JQ Adams. So J.
1: Q. Adams. W- so what happens in this instance? I mean like if if there if the the vote goes to the House of Representatives to pick the the president. I mean what happens? Does each state get one vote basically? Yes. And then you just keep voting if there's a tie? Yes. I got you. Okay. All right, so this sounds a lot like um like delegates at a at a party convention, sort of.
2: Yeah, and it's something I like to think of it in my mind as the People's Choice Awards versus the Academy <laughs> Awards. You yeah. know, which is more prestigious? I think most of us would say the Academy Awards. You know, people get more gussied up for the Oscars. You know, they they're considered a little bit more formal. Um, but you know, who would you rather be thought more highly of? your peers, the people who are actually in your industry, or a very well-informed, very educated body of people who know your trade and say, you're the best of the best for this?
1: I still say it's elitist and outdated, but thanks for clearing it up for me. We'll
2: let our, our listeners decide. Of course. And in case you were wondering how many votes it takes to get the majority I from know. the electoral cop. I
1: know uh, the number.
2: Okay. How that?
1: No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just wanted everyone to know that I knew already.
2: I know. It's 243. That's not right. I was just testing it. It's 270. 270. And now everyone knows.
1: Now we have informed listeners. Go forth and vote. And remember, there's no such thing as a wasted vote, is there, Candace?
2: No. And you can read even more about votes and whether or not they're wasted when you read How the Electoral College Works on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of
0: other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. work.